thought to yourself, why is it that African countries that are rich in natural resources have some form of chaos, violence, or civil unrest? This chaos, violence, or civil unrest always begin in form of displeasure within the citizens, but it grows and spills into something bigger. How is it that if the people are unhappy with each other, they can't come together, have a conversation, and find an amicable way to move forward? Why are these conflicts spilling over three years, four years, five years? If you think I'm lying to you, when I was in campus, and this was over five years ago, we did a course called Media and Conflict. And part of my coursework was um, studying oil in the northern part of Nigeria and why there's conflict in that part. Until today, when I was studying it, there was conflict. Until today, there's still conflict over that oil. Tell me if you think that this is just a natural occurrence or they are outside forces because at some point you will run out of resources to fight unless somebody somewhere is funding the war. And that's what the Nigerian president was talking about. He says that it has come to a point where it's gold for guns, it's oil for guns, it's oil for bribery. And guess who's at the center of this? Western multinationals. The mayhem visited on resource-rich areas does not respect national boundaries. Sudan, Mali, Burkina Faso, Central African Republic, and the list grow on and on and on. The problem also knock at Nigeria's door. Foreign entities abetted by local criminals who aspire to be petty warlords have drafted thousands of people into servitude to illegally mine gold and other resources. Billions of dollars meant to improve the nation's economy now fuel violent enterprises. If left unchecked, they will threaten peace and place national security at a great danger. Hello guys, how are you doing? Welcome again to another episode of our conversations. My name is Indira Ganga. I am a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator. I love coming on here, having conversations with you guys about black people, Africa, our empowerment and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. You can connect with me on my social media at Indira Oganga on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And I love every time that I just open my DMs and go to the request and I find it's somebody who has watched a video and is sending me feedback of what they think or their opinion. Because I know that sometimes leaving the comment here on YouTube can be a little bit intimidating. But it, it means a lot that people watch the videos and, you know, just not for the sake of watching, the message is getting out there. So today I want us to break down the speech of Nigeria's um, President Bola Ahmed Tinibu at um, the United Nations General Assembly. He spoke about several things, but one thing stood out for me, and that's what I want us to explore. For a long time, we've always spoken about unfair exploitation of natural resources, but rarely do we explore the correlation between natural resources, chaos, and violence. Dr. Arikana Chiyombori has spoken about this before. And when she spoke about it, people were like, oh, she's so anti-Western. Oh, that's why she was fired. Okay, but now we have a sitting president who just came into power less than three months ago. He just finished his first 100 days in office. And he can also tell 
that the violence and the chaos in his country is not normal, is not natural. There's somebody and their people who are fanning the flames of that war. Now, before we get into the nitty gritties, as always, I'm a business journalist. I want us to approach this from a data point of view. So it's not that we're just speaking for the sake of speaking. Um, let's explore, first of all, the kind of resources that are in Africa. In 2019, right, in 2019, Africa produced almost 1 billion tons of minerals worth $406 billion, right? Now, this is not the money that came to the continent, no. This is what our resources that we produced are worth. We will explore later on where that money goes. It moves on to says, according to the United Nations, Africa is home to about 30% of mineral reserves, 12% of world oil, and 8% of world natural gas. To mean Africa is not a poor place. And the world knows it because this is data that is out there. So there is 100% motivation to come to Africa and explore our resources. The thing is, there's so many loopholes because we're just, it's like Africa is now waking up to the potential of the extractive industry and there aren't proper rules and regulations that have been set in place. There are things that people do in Africa that you cannot get away with doing it elsewhere. For example, some of these Scandinavian countries have oil. The people who are doing extraction of that oil and the drilling, there are rules and regulations to doing that. But when you look at places like Nigeria, you'll find these big multinationals. They don't care about the environment. That was something that came up during my coursework where the people where um, the big multinationals were drilling their oil are saying, you are messing with the water that we are drinking. We are sick. The rivers, you're polluting the environment. You know, in the process of doing your job, you're harming the environment. You're digging deep, deep pits. You're just careless with the environment and you don't care about us because you get to make your own money. Nobody will hold you accountable and you've paid whoever you've paid bribes to. And when we try talking, you'll arm the local militia to drive us out of our homes. Let's continue. Um, Let's also explore. You know, when we say Africa is rich in resources, what are these resources and where are they? If we take a look at diamond-rich countries, Angola, DRC, Sierra Leone, right? And then this is where it gets interesting. This is where it gets interesting. It says conflict increases five more times every 10 years in resource-rich countries, according to Amnesty International. Hear me and hear me well. Conflict increases five times more in every 10 years. If you're just unhappy as a people, say with how the government is um, awarding tenders and contracts, you can have a conversation with the government. You can sit down and say, okay, award these contracts, but in exchange for corporate social responsibility, we want a school, we want a hospital, we want oil wells, um, water drilled, and we want electricity. There's a way to mediate these things. But why is it that discovery of natural resources and exploiting them fans violence five more times every 10 years do you know what that means that means that people are being displaced from their homes people livelihoods are being distracted and people are losing their lives let's continue it says um as the 12th largest producer of petroleum worldwide and it's the eighth largest exporter resource related conflict in nigeria revolves around oil now we're beginning to narrow it down Nigeria in Africa is the biggest oil producer, give or take, because they produce at least 1.1, 1.2 million uh, barrels in a day. So this country is not a poor country. 
and what that oil could do for them, the way that country could develop is out of this world because there's resources and these resources should be able to make you money. But there's conflicts around of everything that they could fight about. They're fighting about the oil. And it's not a fight that can be mediated and completed. It's a fight that's supposed to create instability so that whoever is doing what they do can do it without anybody raising an eye because what everybody is focused on is how to deal with the conflict and not necessarily what the people drilling the oil and what the terms of the drilling are and how it benefits Nigerians. Let's continue. Oh, and just, 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 just to circle back on that, so many oil-rich countries have oil at such an affordable price but that is not the case in Nigeria, and that should tell you a lot. It goes, it goes on to say, this is just part of the research that I did. If you take a look at a country like South Sudan, about 5% of violence in South Sudan since 2011 is explicitly based on oil. When Sudan got independence, so when it split into Sudan and South Sudan, there's an article by an international media that said that there are people that landed with a plane full of money to go and bribe officials so that they get contracts to drill oil in South Sudan. If you're a decent businessman, if you're a good businessman, why do you need to charter a private jet, fly thousands of miles away to go and bribe? That should tell you that you're not an honest businessman, you're not a decent businessman, and should the government say no to your terms, you'll do anything, including inciting violence and arming people to create instability so you can do whatever it is that you want to do um <laughs> you guys this research is breaking my heart right um if you look at a country like drc conflicts conflict for the last 10 15 years there's conflict but this is a country that is rich in natural resources drc um has diamonds it has cobalt it has gold it has timber it has rubber. DRC is estimated to have about 24 trillion worth of untapped natural resources. 24 trillion dollars. Can you imagine if there was peace and stability in DRC? No, just take a moment and imagine if there was peace and stability in DRC and they were exploiting their resources with either local or multinationals that respects the law of doing business, that the country is getting its fair share. Do you know what that country could look like? It would be the most developed country, not just in Africa, but across the world, because it means that you have money. You have money to develop your infrastructure, to mean uh, the trade movement of people, goods and services, swift. You'd have proper healthcare. When healthcare is heavily subsidized and it's quality healthcare, it means you have a healthy workforce, a healthy labor force, to mean that productivity is very high. You invest in education and not Western-funded education. You can dictate the terms of your education because education should serve the needs of a country, not necessarily the needs of the donor. That means that you would have the skill set that you need now, tomorrow, and the day after to develop your country. Then it would mean that um, the purchasing power of people would be high because the economy has money. Money is in circulation. But no, you cannot allow them to do that because if they do that, then all the other African countries begin to say, if these guys can use their resources to develop like this, then they'll start renegotiating the terms. Then they'll want better. Then they'll start saying, nah, 
we're not doing business like this. And that is what Nigeria's president called out in a very subtle way. He didn't go into the details like I have, but he opened that door. And it's important that we start interrogating these issues and having these conversations. And a continent that has resources worth billions and billions and billions of dollars should not be poor, should not be begging. And most importantly, it should not be mad with violence and chaos. Africans, and I say this without the fear of contradiction, Africans are not violent people. If anything, correct me if I'm wrong in the comment section if you're African, if there's ever any disagreement or conflict, the first thing, even in the tradition, I grew up in the village, the first thing they say is, can we have a conversation? The way that we've always solved conflict is conversation, not with guns. And so when guns enter the chat, you know there's some Western people behind it. Let's listen to the Nigerian president. The fourth important aspect of this global trust and solidarity is to secure the continent's mineral-rich areas from plivering and conflicts. Many such areas have become catacombs of ministry and exploitation. The Democratic Republic of Congo has suffered this for decades, despite the strong UN presence there. What happened? The world economy owes the Republic of Congo much but gives are very little. The mayhem visited on resource-rich areas does not respect national boundaries. Sudan, Mali, Burkina Faso, Central African Republic, and the list grow on and on and on. The problem also knock at Nigerians' door. Foreign entities abetted by local criminals who aspire to be petty world laws have drafted thousands of people into servitude to illegally mine gold and other resources. Billions of dollars spent to improve the nation's economy now fuel violent enterprises. If left unchecked, they will threaten peace and place national security at a grave danger. Given the extent of this injustice and the highest case involved, many Africans are asking whether the phenomenon is by accident or by design. Members nation must reply by working with us to deter their farms and nationals from the 21st century pillage of continent riches. Well, I've overwhelmed you with facts in this video. Um, I think, <laughs> yeah, but Sometimes it's just important to come out with the receipts because what is happening on the continent is very sad. And Africans should not be begging for peace in their own home countries. Africans should not be begging for water, for electricity in their own country when they can comfortably afford these things. Yet our resources are being exploited, going to develop the Western world in this modern day and age. And in exchange for that, they give us violence. I've said this before. A certain um, um, international body has brokered a deal that saw containers of gold leave DRC 
and in exchange they got guns. What kind of logic is that? What kind of logic is that? DW has done a documentary where there's a private airstrip in DRC that planes land with guns and live with gold. Really? Really? Because two or three people then get to benefit at the expense of a whole country. And these two or three people are bamboozled by Ferraris and Lamborghinis and a couple of visas and maybe a house. And you sell out your people? We need to talk about this. And this is not the last time that we'll have this conversation. Anytime another African leader um, opens that door, we'll get into that conversation because today was just an overview. You know, if we just get into the gist of it, then you'll understand why it's very important for Africans to begin saying that our resources are ours. We should explore them, exploit them on our own terms and we deserve peace and stability while doing that. Thank you very much for watching. I'll see you again next time.